Life on the farm can be challenging enough, but when the devastating impact of a bushfire is added to the mix, followed by a global pandemic, it goes to a whole new level. Dozens of families were impacted physically, financially, mentally and emotionally by the massive fires at Kalira near Lucendale in December 2019. Amanda Stewart and Tanya Smith, who farm with their husbands at Kalira, talk about how the fires affected them and their neighbours and how they managed to cope at the time and in the weeks and months afterwards. So thanks girls very much for um, giving up your time today to come and chat to me about something that's been very impacting on your lives. Um, and yeah, I mean, where do we even start if we take it back to December the 30th, 2019 and what seemed to be quite a normal day during the school holidays um, certainly turned into far from normal. So yeah, what, what would you like to well, um, Amanda, I suppose we knew dry lightning was forecast or a storm was forecast, but um, it has happened before where you have those storms. And um, I was getting ready to go to Rove with my kids because my middle child, Rosie, was having a um, movie day mm -hmm. with a friend. So, um, yeah, we we're just getting up, getting ready for that. And so just packing what we normally would to go to that. And, yeah, sort of had the, the storm go through. It was um before probably about 8 30 and then my husband rang and just said oh there's been a bit of smoke you know just coming up can you just go to the top of the hill before you leave and just have a look so I went up to the top of the hill and had a look across and I thought it's really tricky and deceiving with smoke so I just said oh no it looks like it's off towards Chris England's which is you know, not quite a way away, but a range away. Mm -hmm. And my husband said, okay, well, that's fine. You, you know, you just head off for your normal day. And so I just shut up the house. Um, it was forecast to be a warm day mm -hmm. and it was going to be a little windy later. Um, and then so he just packed up the kids and, and off we went to Rove. Mm -hmm. um, and I could see the little trail of smoke as I went into, you know, to Rove. Um, yeah, and I suppose as the day progressed, then it obviously went a bit AWOL really so that's how it started for me mm -hmm. just a normal day yeah just packing like little bag for my son and mm -hmm. and then off we went to the movie mm -hmm. um yeah mm -hmm. and then um my lifeline during that day was um a Facebook group which we had I don't know how long we've had it um <laughs> do you remember Tanya no I don't yeah no I yeah. can't remember can't remember much it was a pretty business. casual group at that time it was a Facebook group called Kalara Girls um, and it was just for messages between us for different things. But that day it became um, my information source about what was going on, along with obviously um, the CFS website. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so my daughter was at the movies and then I just had sort of this rolling coverage, I suppose mm -hmm. you'd call it, which was reassuring and also like terrifying at the same time because you were removed from the situation mm -hmm. and you didn't know what exactly what was going on mm -hmm. but um there was one girl in particular who was actually able to listen to the radio of the cfs um and just sort of let us know when it did actually because it kind of just it just smoldered not smoldered but it was going along on one side of the drain and it was moving reasonably slowly and mm -hmm. they they thought they sort of had a handle on it and it was so so for part of the morning it seemed like oh yeah this is not great there's a fire but it you know they happen we've had it before um and then sort of when the wind change really kicked in and it, it jumped a drain um mm -hmm. that's when it sort of just went right. really quickly and that was probably when the messages were coming thick and fast and you suddenly realized that I don't know if I'm going to come back to a home mm -hmm. um my husband rang and said he was really casual he's driving along and I'm hearing him beeping and I can hear the sheep and he's like oh yeah we're just moving the sheep um because the fire shouldn't we don't think it will be a problem but we're, we're just getting all the sheep together and pushing them down the laneway and we're hoping it will stop there's a middle drain in our property and a back drain so, so hopefully we'll stop at the middle drain and so you know I'll give you a ring later on and then I didn't hear from him for quite some time and the next phone call was it's okay we've still got a house <laughs> um which was reassuring but it was just like you know oh my gosh you know like suddenly you've realized yeah it has gone through and it's passed through everything there pretty much. And, um, yeah, you knew it was going to be life-changing, I suppose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he he reassured me and we've been able to get all the sheep 
um, across the road mm-hmm. and they're okay. So we were very lucky that um, our sheep were saved mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. but that most of our home property was was affected. Right. Yeah. And Tanya, what about you? What was the, what do you remember from that day? Well, I was actually at home at our like we reside at Lucendale on mm-hmm. a farm there, mm-hmm. babysitting my then three year old grandson, mm-hmm. and we we heard that there was a fire at Kalara, so our property up there was was not that far. We're probably what, a couple of k's, yeah, two or three k's three. from Amanda. Mm-hmm. So my husband went up there to the fire with the firefighter on and. It was really a bit of a non-event. They were running a, a fire break around it, so they were sent back home. Mm-hmm. So we came home and then it started to reports coming in that the wind had picked up and it wasn't contained. Mm-hmm. So he went back with two of our daughters and I was at home um, with little Bodie and then I got a phone call to say that it was big. Mm-hmm. So... And probably I, I do struggle a bit, the bad grandparent moment. Mm. So I, you know, rang Bodie's um, daycare lady and said, can you have Bodie? Mm. Our farm's on fire. Mm. Dropped him off mm. and then headed to Kalara straight away with the you know, fire unit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was just, I don't know, it's a bit of a blur really. You mm. just sort of go into... Um, overdrive yeah just survival to get mode there. yeah just to mm. get there and do what you can mm. but um what was it like when you got there what did you what was the yeah. first thing you remember seeing or oh just yeah burnt sheep mm. you know um because it had already gone across and was on its way through our farm mm. so yeah you're sort of driving up and it just sort of hits you that oh my god like it's yeah this is bad mm-hmm. um and we were lucky, like, oh, well, I guess we consider ourselves to be lucky but unlucky. Like, mm. you know, we, my kids and Malcolm managed to yard as many cows as we could mm-hmm. and that was always sort of a bit of our fire plan if it was possible. And if we hadn't yarded them, then I'm pretty sure we would have lost all of them because it was a really hot burn mm-hmm. through there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was just... Oh, I don't know, you're driving in and it's just the sheer devastation. Like it's not like it was when you were last there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then trying to work out where everybody is. Um, And heading to Kalara, um, like there's little or no mobile service, which was a huge inconvenience on the day. So I got a phone call from Hayley. To say, and all I could hear was three words like a triple O house fire, and I'm inside trying to put it all together what I'm walking into. Mm. And um, my youngest daughter, Izzy, was up on the hill where we get mobile service, mm-hmm. ringing triple zero. How old's Izzy? Izzy's nearly 21. Right, yeah. Just like we need help because mm-hmm. the house and everything was under threat, but like everybody, they were in asset protect mode, mm-hmm. you know, but you just, well, you, just want help mm-hmm. um and they then the fire came out of the scrub uh, which rashid's are our neighbors in front it was coming out so she had they had to move and the reception dropped out so you know even though they say you can make an emergency phone call with this sos mode i would mm-hmm. never trust mm-hmm. trust that mm-hmm. so Haley's ringing me so then i had to put through a triple zero call and say, look, I've got this message. I think they need help. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, they were okay, mm-hmm. but it was just the fact that, yeah, we had to try and save the house. And a fire truck came in, snuffed the fire out about 30 metres from the house, and wow. which was great yeah. to save that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the rest of the farm burnt. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we were lucky that we saved the majority of the stock, mm-hmm. but unlucky that we lost over... You know, ninety percent of our internal fences, pasture, mm. and that sort of thing. So, but all those, you know, to get a phone call from your, your kids and you hear triple zero and fire and and yeah, yeah. you just yeah yeah. What was going? Do you remember what was going through your mind when you when oh, that did happen? I think sort of a bit of panic, and um, even though I don't consider myself to be a panicker, but you know, I think 
as a parent, when in, you know any kids are in danger or whatever, it's just that you, know, you go into that protect mode. Mm. Yeah. And you couldn't be there. Like and you, I'm not in control. Yes. You know, yeah. I like to be in control uh-huh. and it's just had no control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, luckily they were all safe and, um, you know, friends of ours, they sent all their fire units. So, you know, we are just so grateful for so many people just mm. to help us, even though... The farm had burnt. There were still patches of scrub that was on light. So you, you, we still went on for days mm. putting fire out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember it was so hot, mm. just mm. extremely hot and exhausting. Mm. And Every day rolling into another or how yeah, was that? Yeah, well, I, I just remember that night, which I don't even remember the time, you know, Malcolm and I went back to the house and, to sort of rest and we don't live there so it's just had the basic furniture in there and I think we just laid there out on the lounge floor me on the couch mm. just listening to all the cracking and banging and mm. you know didn't get any sleep and then the minute daybreak was on again you were out mm. just seeing what you could do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. what was it like when you um woke up that or you didn't wake up what what was it like when daybreak did um, hit and you sort of went outside and, and what what did you see then? What do you remember seeing then or knowing oh, just, or feeling? Well, I, we, you know, I think, you know, the daylight, you can just sort of see the devastation. Yes. And, um, like reality? Just, yeah. You're like, oh it's God, surreal. It's surreal. Mm. Yeah, this, this, this even happened. Mm. Like, and what do we do? Like where do we start? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just... Um, and the fire was still burning. It had burnt through the Hanson scrub that night. And so there was this glow in our bedroom window all night. And yeah. so it was still burning. And like you said, like it was probably several days of putting out fires and this, you know, because the, then there was forecast wind changes mm-hmm. and we ended up having a um, flare up on our range country, which burnt back a little bit towards the house mm-hmm. and the shearing sheds. And that that's probably for my kids because they weren't there for the um, actual event mm-hmm. um but what they were there that day when the flare-up happened which was about three days after i think um and they yeah that's when they sort of have probably were affected because you know they saw the fire everyone just scattered mm-hmm. and then i took them down to the rashids and said you know you stay here and i'm going to go back and help mm-hmm. um and so i think that's when they kind of had more reality hit for them mm-hmm. um yeah so it took several days for us before it was all these spot fires and like you said um, the cracking of trees and mm. and just trees that were you didn't know when they were going to stop burning you know they're just sort of glowing for days on end and yeah well we yeah. even found a tree three months later still burning wow. smoldering away mm. so they've been underground for a long time yeah, yeah. so yeah what were the um following days and or weeks like for you i imagine that you would have been in um fight or flight a fair bit just running on adrenaline for that for that time yeah. could you describe a bit more of that for us definitely running on adrenaline mm. like you were just oh, i don't think we even really slept properly you'd go to bed at night and you'd be just thinking oh what have i got to do mm. what what can we do yeah. and you'd get up the next morning and and drive in and you'd see it all again mm. <laughs> it was just yeah just horrible not knowing you wanted to make it better but not knowing where to start mm-hmm. it's um yeah and we had like because it was overwhelming because there was um which it was amazing but there was so many messages you it got to a critical mass of messages where you just had to stop trying to even read them sometimes there's just so much going on and so many people offering help and, and we sort of had a influx of people arrive so friends of ours from different places came they could help put out spot fires and um my brother-in-law he is a vet so he went next door with my husband to help to put down animals because mm-hmm. they had been heavily affected with their stock losses mm-hmm. and then and we were the opposite we had kept all of our stock mm-hmm. so we sort of just left all of ours all together mm-hmm. and then worried about that a few days later mm-hmm. and and for me I yeah it was all it is a bit surreal and I can't even really remember what I was doing but for me the point I remember is I went down to the sheep yards because they were going to start drafting all of our sheep that were together into separate mobs again to put them into confinement pens. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing there and looking around and counting 13 people and going, I'm not meant to be here. Like this is not my place in the recovery. As much as that was kind of 
it was disappointing, but it also then gave me purpose because I thought, oh, oh, he's okay here. He's got others that are going to help him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the next day there was trucks arriving with hay on them that people had just already got organised and organised someone to come and drop it off and were dropping it off. And, you know, so I sort of then realised that I my place was in the home, which, mm-hmm. you know, that goes against your, your feeling. Sometimes as a woman, you, yes, I am proactive on the farm. I can drive the tractors and that, but no, my place is in the home this time. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I was there to keep the constant. Uh-huh. Yes. And, and, you know, because the house still had to keep going mm-hmm. and my kids needed that constant of like as much as you could keep it normal as possible. Yeah. Um, and then that was the support I could give my husband. Like mm-hmm. there was times when I could help, you know, occasionally through the the year, but mm-hmm. um, that was few and far between, with, you know, compared to what I could do by actually just being at the house and, mm-hmm. and you know, I do a lot of the books. So just, just keeping on top of books and bills and grants mm-hmm. and yeah. all the paperwork meant he didn't have to think about that. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. for me how my recovery yeah. ended up going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. more behind the scenes. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. The fire comes lots of paperwork. Yes. A lot of paperwork. <laughs> Mm. So, yeah, mm. but where, like, Amanda was at home, I was more sort of out with Malcolm and our adult children mm. sort of trying to put things back together mm-hmm. and the same, like, we had a lot of help, a lot of messages, a lot that we could never get back to, but we knew everybody was thinking of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we had a brilliant stock agent that had trucks, semis rolling in, loading our cattle to go to adjustment mm-hmm. on safer ground while we're still putting the fire out. And, like, we, that was just a huge relief mm-hmm. to know that somebody had just taken that on mm-hmm. and we didn't have to worry about it. And, you know, we're all just so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So it's very humbling. Very humbling. <laughs> yeah, but... To people just help, like, yeah. in the community. You just yeah. don't ask them. They just go, oh, that needs doing. Mm-hmm. Just do it for you. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, we always said all along, like, I think just about every day we say to each other, you know, we're going to be there to help the next lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you felt like, stuff. how do you ever repay everyone for... Yeah. yeah There's so many us. people with so much assistance. Yeah, yeah, we are just so lucky that we live in, well, two great communities for me. Like yes. With mm-hmm. the Kingston community and Lucendale. So, yep. yeah, we're, we're just mm-hmm. so grateful. Mm-hmm. We just didn't realise we'd be paying it forward so soon. No. We? <laughs> with <laughs> with the... the Blackwood fire. The Blackford fire. Blackford's Blackford fire. Yeah. So how far, how um, long was it between fires with the Black? Oh, we just had months. the anniversary, really. It was about, I think they were on the 11th of January or something this year. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. Literally mm-hmm. 12, yeah, 12 months and a few weeks, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So. And like you were saying with, um, you know, Sherwood coming to dinner and they, they had told you like Tanya that you know some point you'll pay it forward and that was reassuring for us Mm, because you know that was middle of the year and we were probably at that point where we'd we'd started to be able to go okay we're getting on top of things and then Mm. for them to say at some point you will have an opportunity to pay it forward um you know and that was great to hear from them because they talked to us about where they were at Mm -hmm. and so you could see three years on for them Mm. that they were still recovering and you're okay this is a longer process than just six Mm -hmm. months or Mm -hmm. a year or two years you know mm-hmm. it's okay to still be recovering mm-hmm. over time and yeah. and I imagine not only uh the fact that you could pay it forward for for those that particular fire but also it would have hit home a bit or a bit of a um reminder or trigger for you I imagine um is that how it felt Did well, it, yeah bring back bring back memories or well well I remember that the farmers from Sherwood like they said to us don't underestimate the next fire season or the next fire and then when the Blackford fire broke out and then burnt through to Avenue, it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it really came home mm-hmm. what they'd said. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and I think it was so close to home. Like it was literally our community again. Like we still, we knew all these people. We knew where the fire was burning mm-hmm. and, and who it was affecting. And that was, I think, why it was perhaps more triggering mm-hmm. yeah. um, than it would have been if it had been someone at McGandia that was getting affected, which, of course, you then immediately would think, oh, how can we help? Yeah. But it was like, oh, my gosh, I know exactly what these people are mm-hmm. feeling and I know these people, you mm-hmm. know, like, so mm-hmm. it was, um, yeah, it was a, it was quite overwhelming. But thankfully people checked in and said, "This we know this might be triggering for you, so, like, mm-hmm. yeah. don't worry if you're mm-hmm. really struggling, 
mm-hmm. at this time. And so mm-hmm. that made you sort of feel validated that it was okay to be feeling mm-hmm. all these feelings and, and so many yeah. mixed emotions about witnessing it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And as for us, like we actually live at Lucendale. So this fire was sort of heading sort of directly for our home, I guess, mm-hmm. at one stage. And, you know, the wheels fell off our wagon just getting ready for this fire to go fight it, you know. And I guess, you know, we're normally quite organised. Mm-hmm. You throw things on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the stress levels just went up mm-hmm. and the simplest things we found hard to compromise. Yeah. Um, like when you went to throw things on the back of the ute, do you mean to get going to do yeah. this? What, well, one of what the happened? pumps we used the day before mm-hmm. and we filled it and started it and it wouldn't start. And we were like, what's going on? Mm, like, it, mm. And it was something as simple as the, the cap, the suction cap on the side, it had fallen off. Yeah. But all logic had flown out the window. All logic and, had yeah. been flown out. Yeah. You know, there was, you know, a bit of vo- raised voices. Uh-huh. And, that sort of uh-huh. thing. and then we, we took off and went to the fire and, mm. you know, we did have, you know, say as we were driving down the driveway, there was a good chance that, you know, this could take us out. Mm. a different spot mm-hmm. and the house may not be here when we get home thankfully it was mm. sort of pulled up a kilometer and a half as the crow flies from out out in front of our house on the flat but yeah it, it just brought up a lot of emotions mm. um and then like the days following um destroying stock mm. and things like that for um like another one of our family members that mm. was affected mm-hmm. uh you just go into autopilot Mm. just get the job done Mm. but it was sort of towards the end of that week I guess uh Malcolm and I just started to fall in a bit of a heap emotionally it brought back a lot of feelings and Mm -hmm. um you know it's from our fire I Mm. guess like Mm. um yeah we felt like we were back 12 months ago Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm just, just for anyone who, um, obviously, anyone who doesn't live on the land, and maybe even anyone from the city that's listening to this that hasn't had any experience on farms at all, what is it like to have to, or first of all, to see stock in pain, or you know, you know, there's no chance of survival, and and you're coming, you're driving along, and you just see or witness all this. Not only that, but also then having to be the ones to um put them down uh on behalf of the farmer or, or whatever you're doing what what's that like uh, it's just devastating. just mm. i don't even know devastating is not even a bad enough word is it yeah. like it's stuff you can't unsee mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but we care about our livestock so well, much we do and That's then you right. see you see them suffering and you know they're suffering mm. like yeah they're living things mm. it um, is yeah. yeah and it, it is one of the hardest things as mm. i said to somebody it's one thing to lose your farm mm-hmm. to that but it's next level to lose your stock mm-hmm. or have to um yeah like deal with your neighbor's stock because i think there's an unwritten law that you don't let a farmer destroy their own stock yeah so yeah. um yeah, we we all just band together and do it. But I think after the Blackford fire, like mm-hmm. destroying cows and things like that, really just stirred things up in Malcolm and I. That towards the end of the week, when things had settled down a bit, I think we just sort of yeah, just felt that we weren't coping properly. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that look like for you? Well, I. I got a bit like as the fire went through, my phone started ringing and um, people ringing saying, "Oh, we've got hay coming," you know, for the Lucendale farmers. And I sort of got the job because I had done organised a hay run for the farmers at Kalai. She did such a good job for us. Yes, that they were like, "Oh, we'll just ring Tanya up yeah. again." <laughs> and I guess like, and I loved doing that. Like it was good. And I secretly, I think while I was worrying about everybody else Mm. I wasn't worrying about myself Mm. it was just yeah I could remove myself from what was going on with us Mm -hmm. um so my phone was ringing like yeah we're sending hay to the farmers at least and oh that's great that's great but then as that week it went on I just sort of started to feel that like yeah I it wasn't right in me I, yeah I wasn't feeling great I was Mm -hmm. I was glad that the, the hay was coming in of course 
but emotionally I think it was just draining me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to handle that to mm-hmm. like Erin McWaters mm-hmm. and um, and Holly at Nutrien. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took over the dispersing of the hay. Mm-hmm. But the response was great. In fact, we had, I think, about 3,000 bales donated wow. um, to mm-hmm. Lucendale, which I know the farmers you know, were very grateful mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. So, How did you feel um, as hard as it was to hand over that job because you knew you in the past had done so well and, people, you know, you had the evidence to prove that? but this time you weren't feeling it and you knew you couldn't do it. You simply just didn't have it in you. The energy wasn't there. How did it feel to hand that job over? Was it hard, but also did it feel like some sort of relief when you let that go and gave it to someone else to do it? Yeah, it sort of felt hard because it was sort of like my baby, I guess. Yeah. And I like to help people. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I just Mm -hmm. like to be helpful. But I sort of knew that, yeah, I wasn't, feeling great mm-hmm. and two I knew I'd been struggling towards the end of our you know love the 12 months prior to the clarifier mm-hmm. so um yeah I sort of thought about one night I went to bed and I thought how am I feeling mm-hmm. like I was just laying there thinking like you know how am I feeling and how would I feel if I handballed it on and I just came to the uh, realization that it's best for me mm-hmm. to hand it mm-hmm. on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not and not only best for you, but then the flow and effect is that's best for your family and your friends and your community, isn't it? Yes. Because you remain stronger if you can or you Yeah, that's you know, right. Have your and, chance to And Malcolm kept saying, you, you know, you can't do it. Like, yeah. you know, you've got enough on to yes. do. And yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I can do it. No, we I'm were no, all I worried can't. about you because we were like, oh, it's saying Tanya's and we're like, oh, we don't think Tanya should do this. Yeah. Yeah. But look, it's great. It was great for Kalara farmers and we know how much we appreciated all that hay and mm-hmm. we couldn't have done it without that hay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just yeah, very generous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, Amanda, t- tell us how you were feeling in those sort of in that that um, with the, I guess, rehash of the Blackford fires and, um, yeah, how did you cope with that? I think I realised the other side of the coin that mm. I realised how helpless everyone had felt watching mm. our fire mm. and how much they wanted to help. Like I was the same. I was like straight away he wanted to what can I do to help these people and but then I had I was sort of glad that I'd had the experience and it was happening to people I knew because I could reach out and just say I'm thinking of you Mm -hmm. but I know right now you are so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. so just I'm just gonna leave you for you know a week or whatever you need and then I'll Mm -hmm. you know we'll we'll check in Mm -hmm. and um yeah so that was good to just have that knowledge but it just was horrible feeling so helpless Mm -hmm. like you wanted to help these people and you didn't know what to do. So I just wrote down a heap of things. I thought, well, what, what did I find helped me mm-hmm. last year for those 12 months? And it was as obscure as my mum coming to wash my windows, mm-hmm. like in July or, and, or September. And I remember thinking, wow, I didn't realise how filthy they were still from the fire mm-hmm. until she suddenly washed all the ash and grime off. Mm-hmm. And then it made me realise how much there's still lots of dirt everywhere else yeah but you know and that yeah, was seven or eight somewhere. nine months after mm-hmm. so I just started to write down I thought I think this would be helpful in that and then for me I think the main thing was just us being able to share our experience and just being there for them and so because we have a regular Tuesday night catch up at Kalara we we still call it Kalara tennis even though none of us play tennis there mm-hmm. but we come and we just have a sausage yeah. and we just have a night of catching up once yeah, a week great. and that's from um daylight savings so October to April Mm -hmm. Um, and so that just always happens and so that was great after our fire Mm. because we just knew that was there if we ever needed it and um, so we just did that we just reached out and said hey we have Tuesdays um, where we have a sausage we're going to come to Avenue and we'll have a sausage with you so we did that just for a few months Mm -hmm. when we could Mm -hmm. Um, and that was great because it, it we just was put out as we're doing this anyway, mm-hmm. and but we're going to do it there. And then if you want to come, come. If you don't want to come, mm-hmm. doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you know we're not doing an extra event for you. Yeah. You don't have to feel pressure. Yeah. Um, and that worked really well. And so then we were able to just, if if we could, impart our knowledge, mm-hmm. um, and just be there. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they knew 
we were thinking of them. We've got the same experience mm-hmm. as what they're going through, so they could reach out and ask questions. And yeah, yeah. And my, I was worried about my husband a little bit um, mm-hmm. that it might uh, affect his, you know, mental health at the time, just because. Um, you know, he was, he straight away wanted to go in, like he said, you want to go in and help. Mm-hmm. So off he went mm-hmm. with um, people to put down stock and he wanted to do the same thing, just get in there and make sure the other farmers don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he went down to try and help fight the fire mm-hmm. with a private unit um, and all these sorts of things. And I just thought like, you know, if I'm feeling like this mm-hmm. and feeling triggered and I wasn't even at the fire fighting it last year, you know, how is he feeling? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, just sort of, keep an eye on on him and if I thought that uh you know there was things that were affecting him like and it's normally it was things that normally he'd be fine with and you'd just Mm -hmm. see he wouldn't be fine with Mm -hmm. and you'd think oh he yeah so I had been checking in with his reactions because um you know he had actually been fluctuating a bit over that last 12 months um you know, it sort of initially didn't seem like that it seemed like he was coping fine, but there was so many pressures on him um, that he had had times when he'd been really struggling. And um, to his credit, you know, he had sort of been honest about it. And when I had called him out and said, you know, you wouldn't really normally react like that, he had acknowledged it. Mm. Um, where I think, and so I'm really proud of him for that because I think there's a lot of men that maybe wouldn't even listen or would just, um, you know, stay in denial mm. but he acknowledged oh yeah no I don't think I'm coping this is not normal mm. and so you know we had worked through that and the hardest thing was watching him and not being able to take that burden I think for me just um so for him to be able to go you know this is important mm. um to look after myself and, and and it was tricky because um I think what had really happened in the 12 months was not just a bushfire but we'd been pushed into this extra disaster like everyone else of COVID and that had sort of just kind of really put an extra pressure because there was no escape from Mm -hmm. the farm or or little escape so he'd been aiming for certain things across the year and then they weren't able to happen or they were altered or Mm -hmm. like um, give us an example of something so just like um you know I think when it had happened so January and he he knew that okay like we were into shearing within a week of the fire happening. We were shearing all our sheep. So that was another thing that was, you know, you're killing the neighbor's sheep to put them out of their misery. And then next thing you turn around shearing all your sheep. So it was just, right, this is intense. And he knew that our normal calendar is some shearing in January, but we'd sort of shorn everything. Mm-hmm. Then he knew it was, right, we're going to be feeding mm-hmm. in confinement because there's just going to be nothing on this farm for some time. So just feeding, 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 feeding. And it was going to be relentless. So for him, he went, okay, I can aim for Easter. It's four days. We can get away. Even if it's just to Port Elliot, where we often go for a break, um, it's something. Mm -hmm. And then um, our last time away, we actually, thankfully, we got to um, go to the Port Ferry Folk Festival, which Mm -hmm. was literally days before everything just fell in a hole. So we saw his family Mm -hmm. and then that was it. So then, um, and his his dad unfortunately also broke his ankle um, trying to help us in the yards. And so then there was that extra pressure. And so then kind of your support network was suddenly stripped away from you. Mm. And so, and then also getting away was stripped away. So it was this sort of layering of pressure upon pressure that just was like, okay, now we can't do this. And okay, now we can't do that. And we've got to keep doing this and who knows when this is going to stop. Um, And so, yeah, when, when I started to notice, you know, these things bothering him, Mm. you know, um, thankfully we have a good enough relationship that I could say, you know, this is not normally how re- you react to things. Um, and he was able to not get angry at me. Um, or, you know, maybe a little angry at the time yeah, as yeah, much exactly. as you do when you're with yeah, your, your spouse, but then, you know, I was able to go, yeah, okay. Um, you know, I need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. And I think it was good across the year that, um, we had lots of friends that would check in mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's easy to say, um, you know, people, how are you going? It's easy to say, yeah, fine. You almost default to, yeah, we're fine. But I would say, oh, you're not great. Like, okay, but, you know. And I was able to be honest with people to a point that then they were just slightly more aware. They might not have known exactly what was going on, but your friends were then able to just keep an eye on things, mm-hmm. I suppose, mm-hmm. and just um, be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just mm-hmm. make sure that 
um, they'd check in again, oh, how are you now? Like, you know, and you were able to feel honest that like you could mm-hmm. you could tell them, yeah, mm-hmm. no, we're struggling at the moment or, yeah, mm-hmm. which was really helpful because I think, yeah, we too often have people just go, how are you going? And you just, yeah, you don't actually tell people honestly mm-hmm. how you're going. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's easy to be okay on the outside yeah. when you're mm-hmm. falling apart on the inside. Mm-hmm. We are masters of that. Mm-hmm. We sure and are. It's just being able to be honest, I guess, with yourself and yep. realise that it's okay to be not okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I would check in. I could see Malcolm struggling mm-hmm. um, and sort of say to him, oh, you know, he's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, you know, he he still hasn't been away from the farm. We're hoping to rectify that at the mm-hmm. end of next month for a week on a houseboat. Nice. But... <laughs> So he just kept churning like every day, just going, fixing the farm, you know. But in myself, I knew that I was struggling mm. and I got to a point where I just had to remove myself from mm. seeing burnt stuff every day. So, you know, in between COVID lockdowns, I sort of scooted off to Adelaide for four, I think four or five days and mm. just to be able to get up in the morning, go for a walk, mm. not have to worry about feeding stock, seeing burnt stuff. I just gave my brain mm. a rest. I I made a rule that I wouldn't check my emails until that night mm-hmm. and I only answered calls that had nothing to do with fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, it just, yeah, refreshed me mm-hmm. and then I could come back and I felt that, um, you know, I was better and I was able to sort of then go on to sort of support Malcolm and and go on with the rebuilding and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I I think sort of the clarifier, like we ran on adrenaline for so long, mm. just putting things back together again. Mm. And I guess it was sort of towards the end of the year where for myself I started to feel that things weren't really going well for myself personally. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the signs for you at that um, time? I guess I just felt like I was crying on the inside, like, you know, and people, as Amanda said, you know, saying, oh, how are you going? You're like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm not fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's easy to, to, I guess, say that to people, you're fine, because it's the easy option. Yeah. And yeah. not everybody's able to, I guess, to take on board mm-hmm. if you're not feeling great in yourself, you don't want to offload it onto just anyone. Just anybody because mm. not everybody can mm-hmm. cope with that. And I'm mm-hmm. lucky enough to have a very good friend who is easy to talk to and she'd say to me, so tell me how you really feel. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I could sort of tell and then she'd say, you need to speak to somebody. Yeah. So um, I guess long story short, one day I was getting hay out the hay shed mm-hmm. and um, – lifting it down up the top and the bottom bale, the strings broke mm-hmm. and it all went crashing to the ground <laughs> and I just burst into tears. Mm. I just sat in the tractor howling mm. and I just sort of thought, oh, this isn't right. Like normally you would sort of swear and say <laughs> swear words. But it was <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, yeah, basically. And I just sort of thought, oh, this isn't right. Something's not right. Mm. So, um, you know, I started to think, you know, like I have to do something about this. I don't like how I'm feeling. Mm. Um, and I, I remember it was a Saturday morning and I just felt like I was crying all morning on the inside mm. and it was just so close to coming out. Mm. Yeah. I just felt like I was choking anyway. Um, I was home alone and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to ring that phone number that, you know, had been floating around Yes, for, from the fires and that sort of thing. What was that phone number? Is uh, it the regional regional, regional access? access. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I feel sorry for the poor lady that answered the phone on the other end because I dialed it and she answered and said, "Oh, you know, how are you?" And I just lost it. Mm. I was just this blubbering mess. Mm. And um, but after you know, I calmed down and you know, I said, "Oh, we've got our farms burnt and you know, blah blah blah," and you know, all this emotion was just pouring mm. out and um 
she said, look, it's okay. It's okay to feel like this. And I'm like, oh, it's not really. But, you know, because I've got a husband, I've got kids and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're worrying about everybody else. And she said, no, look, it's okay. And we, you know, worked out that we'd have a weekly, actually, I think to start with, it might have been more frequent than that, like a check-in. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually look, looked forward to that. Mm-hmm. So I just found myself a spot up the paddock on a, on a log. Mm-hmm. So every check-in morning I would wander up the paddock, sit on this log, wait for my phone call. Mm-hmm. And it was just great to be able to chat to somebody who was not, um, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. They had uh, no not attachment. attached. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. I could just say exactly what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I said to her, "Oh, this is going to sound really bad, you know, because you felt terrible saying mm. some of the things you were saying because it was the way you're feeling." But I think just to actually verbalize it mm-hmm. and have someone say, "It's okay mm-hmm. to feel like that," and then you know work through. Yeah, it was great. So, you know, I'd say to Malcolm, no, can't feed sheep this morning because I've got Ingrid calling at nine. So I actually found that just for that half hour or hour, whatever it was we did that day, just, yeah, my time. Mm -hmm. And I felt a weight was lifted off my shoulders and I felt like the day was going to be good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So If only more people realised that, that you know, say for the sake of a one-hour phone call or a one-hour session of, you know, whatever it is, counselling or coaching or whatever it might be, could mean the difference between having a great day or a horrific day or a, yeah. you know, a numbed-out day. That's or, right. or a compounding effect. Exactly. Of lots yeah. of days exactly. where you're not feeling great. Yeah. And yeah. you're not being judged. I think mm. some people would think, you know, yeah, you might be struggling mentally mm. that you know, there's something wrong with you. Mm. But, mm. but it's just life. It's just life. It's and life. I just sort of feel when I started to go on the downward run, which I think we were all aware of because through Clarify, you know, the Red Cross had said to us, you know, you'll run on adrenaline, but then you'll start going down. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think, realising mm-hmm. that you are on that downward slope. Yes. And then too, I also talking to um, the counsellor realised that probably this trauma Mm. probably brought up things from my life. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was 13 when Ash Wednesday hit Mm -hmm. and, you know, that burnt and, you know, we lost um, people we knew Mm -hmm. in that fire and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing and the events that happened with that. Mm -hmm. Then to sort of, you know, my husband being very unwell for a while and having to run a farm with three small kids Mm -hmm. The clarify, like I just mm, think it all so just much. manifested, yeah. and probably I didn't realize mm. that all these things, and there's probably more along mm. the way, mm. had just sort of brought it to that boiling point, I think, mm. and was just the the tipping point of mm. you know the fire and the trauma that mm. just brought things out, but. Mm. Like just reaching out for help is just like a problem shared is a problem halved. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I say that to my kids all the time, you know, like just mm. just tell somebody, like mm-hmm. pick up the phone, mm. make that phone call. You're never going to know this person, mm-hmm. even mm. if you pass them in the street. But, you know, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just such a, a lifeline. And I consider myself to be quite a strong person. Mm. Mm. But I think it doesn't matter how strong you are. Everyone has a breaking point. You have a breaking point. Definitely. And I think it's if you can realise that and reach out to help, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then, you know. Yeah, that's been part of my realisation, I think, in this journey, like after having these things happen, is that we were perhaps on a trajectory of, of heightened stress. And I think mm-hmm. people that I was only thinking on the way here, that people that are self-employed, like farmers often are, mm-hmm. that are, um, you know, at the coalface and also making decisions and trying to run administration side and all of that, mm. I think that there's just this constant pressure mm. that they deal with that mm-hmm. sometimes others don't. And, and it's 24-7, like if you're on a farm, you you live it you, mm-hmm. you, and yeah. breathe it. And, like, you know, so sometimes it can be hard to pull yourself back from that. And um, for us, I think it was the same thing, a bit of a tipping point of, like, mm. you know, moving into our middle age and all that and, um 
just having that point where we've gone, okay, we've got the normal stresses and now we're going to whack these stresses onto you mm-hmm. that it's really questioned. What are we doing? Where are we going with our life? Are we happy what we're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, so it really makes you question everything about, mm-hmm. and like, and like Tanya said, like, and your reactions, why am I reacting like this? Is this something that I've been feeling for a while or, you know, so I think, um, yeah, that it really has brought that to the fore and mm-hmm. made you just start to think, about everything mm. all those unresolved yeah. issues that you think you've resolved yes yes they come back again yeah. and you sort of like thought I dealt with that but obviously mm. you didn't and exactly. yeah and yeah I just sort of think, and I just sort of think by doing this chat like we're not only helping ourselves mm. we're helping others yeah exactly right? yeah, yeah of course yeah but hopefully if someone else has gone through something or going through something they mm. feel like they yeah. can hear something in it that what we're talking about I is actually no going doubt. to and not just women them. either i'm almost guaranteeing that there'll be men listening to this that will be it'll be hitting home a fair bit to them as well and um i feel like it's beautiful that you know they can hear it from a woman's perspective um but also you know you girls are giving insight to what it was like for your husbands and um even the kids and yeah so i think it, it will definitely be um something that people will take on board that's for sure mm-hmm. um yeah so what else would you if if you were to um you know, advice is probably a bit strong but what would you love people to aside from what you've already talked about is there anything else that you would really love people to either um understand or maybe see from a different perspective is there anything else that comes to mind as far as I think um, I I still have anxiety a little bit about the fact that I don't have a very good bushfire action plan. Uh-huh. And people like Tanya sometimes put me to shame. She'll be like, well, we do this. And I think, oh, I don't even know. You know, mm. and and I, and there's such a big push about that from mm. the CFS that I feel a lot of guilt that I'm not very good at that. That we and my husband's like, oh no, we, you know, he thinks the plan's all sorted. Uh-huh. And in my head, I'm like, I still don't feel like I've done enough of a plan. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, and so I think letting people know that. Don't let anxiety cripple you, though, because mm. sometimes I do feel like I know last year mm. we had been so busy dealing with the January the year before it suddenly hit November and I just was like, we're in fire season again mm. and I haven't done any of it. I had all these plans. I was going to have everything a lot tidier and I was going to have a box and I was going to have bags and then I just kind of felt like I froze because uh-huh. I was given this list of things that you meant to have done for the last 26 weeks and I went, what am I going to do? Mm. <laughs> I'm here right now and, and I'm, we, I still don't have any extra time to organise this plan. So mm. that was, yeah, that was a real struggle and still is a struggle for me that mm. I'm finally like now breathing a sigh, really thinking, oh, okay, I've got 26 weeks now or whatever before the next season. I mm. need to start now. And mm. um, just keep thinking about it, I think, is the thing for people to, um, you know, remember that it does come around again and, yeah, it's easy to think, oh, I've got time and, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, if people can be proactive now, mm. so maybe, they won't feel like I did. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm so sorry. it's probably not just um, thinking about it though, is it? It's actually uh, so putting maybe pen to paper. If you do yes. think about it and you've got an idea that you must get done, yes, write it down or um, so rather than letting it ruminate in your head yes. in the middle of the night. And practice, I think that's the thing I know I need to do better with my children is actually mm-hmm. practice because... Um, and that, and that's probably a thing that, um, you know, is an ongoing thing to deal with is, is my children and their mm-hmm. reaction to fire and stuff now, because, you know, in this last season, anytime there was anyone mentioned fire, they were just mm. like, where is it? What, what? Is it going to yeah. come near us? You know, what do we need to do? And, you know, they would have this heightened level of like, oh, you know, this is mm. this what's happening. Mm. And so, and with Avenue, you know, that probably reinforced to them that it could happen. In, How close is that? And, you know. And they're going, oh, good, it's not going to burn us. And I'm like, well, it is good, but it's still affecting people we yeah, know. And, you know, yeah. so that they had to find some way of being okay with what was happening. And, um, you know, one of my daughters really wanted to help. So it was, she wanted to make cakes and things, you know, so I can tell it's still affecting them. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's still trying to think of ways. And I think that's why I think it, even though it, it's a bit of a stumbling block because one of my children doesn't want to talk about 
if there's a fire, what we'll do. Mm. It, it needs to be done. So trying yes, to find yeah. a way to kind of overcome that with her and just tell mm. her we'll actually feel better mm. by talking mm-hmm. about it, even though it will be make you feel anxious at the time. At the time yeah. Then we'll actually know mm-hmm. what if we ever have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know what to do. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's something that still sits there mm. um, to, to be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and very practical advice <laughs> too. Oh. And um, Tanya, do you have anything that sort of that you would love to for people to either understand or um, see from a different angle? I, I don't, yeah. I, I sort of think, like I say to my kids, um, you know, because they knew that I was sort of struggling with mm. this and knowing that they were there at the fire and fighting it as hard as what we were and being adult kids, they were sort of like, oh, I'm okay. But I guess I want to say that, like, it may not affect you now, mm-hmm. it may be later, and it may be something totally unrelated mm-hmm. that will just bring the emotion bring the emotion mm-hmm. on. And mm-hmm. I mean, I keep saying that, and then they go, oh, I'm fine, mm-hmm. mum. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can just keep saying it's okay, mm-hmm. like, you mm-hmm. know. And when you think about it, if you, if, if you look at that from a different perspective, um, even if it does bring this back, you know, if you narrow it right down, it is it is emotion. That's what it is. So it's yeah. just a matter of moving through the emotion, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. Rather than trying to stop or bottle up or, um, you know, put a lid on it. If you think, well, hang on, mum did say that this could come up at any time in the future and maybe this is what it is and all it is is emotion, I'll just let myself cry or I'll just go out and chop some wood and get some anger or frustration out or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I know, like, when the Blackford fire broke out and we knew that, you know, perhaps we could be under threat where mm-hmm. we live, I sent, you know, the kids to Narracourt, threw them in the car, threw the hard drive to the computer, the personal files, the things that we said, you know, when there's a fire, mm-hmm. you take. So mm-hmm. um, in the car and sent them to Narracourt. And, yeah, I could sort of see in them, you know, that a bit of, fear and anxiety about doing that and us going to the fire and like, oh, will you be okay and mm. you'll be okay and mm-hmm. yeah it's um yeah it's a bit hard to see you know so soon I guess after mm-hmm. our own fire mm-hmm. to see or well, see ourselves go through it but you know the ones you love I guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. definitely and so what's the day, what's daily life like for you at the moment, Amanda? What sort of, what are you? Oh, I think it's interesting because, you know, marking the anniversary was fairly low key. Mm-hmm. I've been like, oh, do you know it's been a year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it has. Um, and then obviously Avenue um, Blackford Fire sort of hit. And then I think I feel like we're still in recovery mode, mm-hmm. It's which it, it, I'm okay with mm-hmm. because probably having talked to Sherwood um, and, and seeing, and I'm even seeing elsewhere other places that have mm-hmm. been affected. So, um, Kangaroo Island and Cuddly mm-hmm. Creek, and knowing that this journey takes time, but just mm-hmm. I think it still feels like this thing of um, that we're just not up to date, and there hasn't been the same t- time to plan. Um, we did just have to discard some things that we had been working on. Like last year, we went, well, we're not doing a little stud mob, like because that's mm-hmm. too labour intensive, and it's just not not mm-hmm. going to happen mm-hmm. and then we've done the same this year we've just gone we're not organized again we're mm-hmm. still not organized so yeah that's ongoing the mm-hmm. fact that so many things just got left or pushed aside and mm-hmm. just still trying to feel like you've got on top of things mm-hmm. again yeah mm-hmm. um it's just a constant <laughs> struggle mm-hmm. but um you know at the moment I feel like you know we're in a good place like mentally so you mm-hmm. feel like okay well there's a lot of stresses but we can cope with the fact that we're not where we want to be, but you can't always control that. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that for me, I probably learnt that skill from becoming a mum of mm-hmm. being able to let go because I think I didn't realise how much I liked control mm-hmm. or things going a certain way mm-hmm. until I had kids and I realised, oh, this is just... They're not robots. Yeah, and they do, they do they're very unpredictable yes. and I can't mm-hmm. just think this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why perhaps... You know, I, I, this is my theory is that last year when the bush ride hit and that was big, but then when COVID hit, I perhaps coped better than my husband because I just went, oh, well, I'm this, I just keep going with the flow because you're going to be a mum no matter where you are mm. um, and whatever comes your way. Mm. And so right. you just have to sometimes be okay with the fact that you can't control everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, like, 
we run on the chaos theory. Yeah. <laughs> Things are subject to change without notice. Like, yeah. you know, it's been so true. The fire. Like, yeah. it's and it's, like, we're yeah. still in that reordering phase of chaos yeah. and yeah. then reordering. Yeah, that's right. And we are all still recovering. I mean, we've yeah. all still got fencing to go. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't happen in five minutes. It's mm-hmm. a long process. It's mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've still got plenty of we've posts that are melted at the bottom that will probably be there for yeah. years still to mm-hmm. look at and go, look at that. Still yeah, a melted like, drop. There's always off. reminders. Yeah. 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 You drive around the farm, you're just like, oh, yeah, they are melted droppers still there. Mm-hmm. One day you get to that. One day. There would never be a day that you are not reminded. There couldn't be, could there? Or do you actually have a day maybe where you don't where you don't think about it? No, I think it's it's there. You still notice. You yeah. still notice, but yeah. you probably don't dwell on it. Yeah, it yes. doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. 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 You just sort of think, oh yeah. But yeah, then then you look around when there was green grass and you think, mm. you know what, it's it's nature. regeneration, like yeah. mother yeah. nature, like yeah. it, it bounces back. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I still I mean, remember Fiona Rashid saying to me, This road's never gonna look the same. We're never gonna because mm-hmm. every big tree like it just suddenly everything was so open when yeah, we drove yeah, down yeah. our dirt road and mm-hmm. I, we just we were both like this has just completely changed everything mm-hmm. about what we look at mm-hmm. it's never going to be the same but then I think we were lucky that we had a bit of a rain mm-hmm. after yeah. our fire event and it just greened stuff up yeah. and the loosen looked amazing because I don't know why it just sort mm-hmm. of sprung into life perspective it made you realize okay things are going to regrow and the yeah. yakas all the yakas Oh, that better than ever. They, they just all flowered last year and it made you look around and go, it's okay. Actually, nature is reassuring yeah. mm-hmm. that it does regenerate mm-hmm. and good comes from it, like even mm-hmm. just the seedlings that come up in a fire, yeah. which don't do that unless there's a fire. So yeah. that's right. Yeah, you can look at the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, as devastating as it is at the time, mm-hmm. like in the days and months following, like, and you do see things reshooting mm-hmm. and that, and you do just sort of think, it's going little... to be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and nothing is taken for granted, mm, or more, yeah. or more to the point. You know, things are appreciated. Yes, even, appreciated. even yeah. more. That's than right. they and I think, were. in the big scheme of things, you know, we all consider ourselves to be unlucky, but lucky. Mm, yes. yes, no one was injured. Yeah, you know, and yeah. we all, you know, there were we had stop losses, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably, you know. Not a lot we can do with that. No, you that, can't change it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. the yeah, the sense of community, I think I gained a lot of um hope about the future mm-hmm. just from mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, there's a lot of negativity out there in the world about what's going wrong with this or that or climate yeah. change or and then you look at your community and how they jump in yeah. and help you after yeah. something like that and you go, Oh, there's so many actually so many good people mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. That there is, you can, definitely. you know, feel good about the world rather than always thinking, Oh, exactly. so much death and destruction and you know, yeah. yeah, you take a lot of positives from it. It's, mm-hmm. it's um, like mm-hmm. I said before, very humbling yeah. to be the recipient of so much generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also galvanises you, I think, to be, I think you get more empathy and then you're also more community-minded. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I ask lots of questions about what can I do just to help yeah. my community be better? More purpose. Yes. And I more think that's drive. a great question yeah. that, to ask Definitely. yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can I do to help my community be yeah. better? Yeah, what can you contribute? And mm-hmm. yeah, and we've, I mean, yeah, the support we've gained was was from both communities. I mean, we mm-hmm. also share a lot of friends at Lucendale, mm-hmm. but you know, the council and yeah, I mean, there was people just that I don't even know yeah. that that yeah. we're actually about to have the thank you event, oh, which perfect. was kind of cancelled with COVID last yeah. year. When are you having mm-hmm. that? Um, Saturday week. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it's it's sort of we had to think back over mm-hmm. who, who you wanted to thank and Tanya was more organised and had been writing the people along the way. Yeah. And I was just like, I just can't even, you can't even begin to, you start to list names and you think, yeah. oh, I'm going to miss someone yeah. because there was just so impossible to remember everyone. Yeah, and then we've had sort of along the way gone, oh, I forgot this person, just send them a message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because suddenly you think, that's right, they did this on this day. Yeah. And that's a nice thing to be able to do and a, a nice sense of sort of, full yeah. circle mm-hmm. to be able to think who do we want to thank and yeah. even That's if they right. can't come along yeah. you know we can send them an invite to mm-hmm. say we we directly want to thank you mm-hmm. for what you did um yeah. well that is beautiful this podcast may not be out by the time the event happens so um you might be looking back at that in hindsight but yeah. i'm sure that event will be very um special 
and probably emotional, but hopefully a bit of yeah. a celebration as well. Yeah. yeah. So and hopefully yeah. not too emotional. <laughs> no, and I actually think I'm looking forward to it because I think it'll be like the final step. Yeah. Yes. Like it will be, you know, it's mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. we're recovering. Yeah. It's a bit of closure. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. A perfect. sense of being able to close a chapter. Yeah. yeah that's and look right. Forward and, and then a bit look better. forward to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> well, on that note, um, I would just like to say thank you so much to both of you for sharing such, um, uh, well, personal but obviously um, much needed story to be shared. Um, and I know without a doubt that people will be grateful and benefit from your words today. So um, thank you both. Thank you thank for having you. us. And now you get to go and enjoy that sunny day. I think you've got yes. you've got to go back to get grain. Or, yeah, uh, we've got grain being delivered. Never and ending. Balls being delivered. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Chaos Definitely. theory. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Get it all done in one day. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> no. Perfect. Thanks very much, girls. And um, I I look forward to listening to this and hearing um, hearing your story from another perspective as well. So thank you. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of In the Heart of a Country Girl. This series will be a more relaxed version of the previous In the Head of a Country Bloke. In other words, I'll be putting them out randomly. So if you'd like to listen to more of these, you can find them on various platforms such as Spotify, Anchor or Apple Podcasts. For coaching services, please inbox me on Instagram or Facebook under Mandy Kerno Coaching, or you can email me at mandy at mandykernocoach.com. Thank you again, and I hope you enjoy.